guess how many wrestlers the WWE fired in 2021? 52. More. 86. 157. Less. Much less than that. 86. 102. All right, 64. Because you guys remember. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? Peep the bath, peep the science. It's your boy, Big Cozy, Too Cozy. I'm here with my two colleagues, Relaxa Jackson, a.k.a. Heel Jackson, with Saint Picasso himself, Kitch. What's up, guys? This is episode 82 of the Highly Advised Podcast. Let's rock and roll, lock and load, and let's go. Boom. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Like my co-host said, this is Spence, otherwise known as St. Kitch, Pablo Picasso. I make all the things beautiful and everything beautiful art. So without any further ado, I'm doing great. This is episode 82, like you said, and it's a beautiful week. How about yourself, Nigel? Oh, what's going on? This is relaxing LG underscore Jackson. I'm chilling here with my amigos and compadres yet again. We are here, the uh, magnificent trio, you know, doing everything we can to make the world a more positive place with our voices. I am doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, you know, chilling out. The Steelers won today. You know, that, well, actually, I'm sorry. We we didn't win. We uh, actually had a tie. So, um, you know, I guess that is what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's always one, at least every season. It's weird. Yeah, yeah man, I don't get it. I wonder if there's like an odds you can, uh, like an odds maker you can bet on for that. Like how many ties or draws there'll be during the season. I'm quite sure there is. It's always weird. Like you said, it's always, it typically seems like almost every season now. So there's probably at least one. Yeah, it's, it's always at least one. I don't get it. I think there's been another tie of the season too, if I'm not mistaken, but I think I can't remember who got it. It's they're always weird games too. Like it's a lot of stuff happening. Like it seemed like both teams were doing everything they could to give it to the other. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, there just couldn't be a winner. They both were trying to lose and they yeah, just couldn't hard. They both were they both were trying to lose and just couldn't. Jeez. You know how crazy that is that you you can't find a winner amongst losers? That's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. You know, um, I was watching something else, and there definitely was a winner. Yeah, it was. It looked close at one point too. I agree with Spence. Go ahead, Nacho. Drum roll. So this weekend, Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez um, faced each other in the main event of the UFC Fight Night. Um, Very close fight. Um, Definitely gained a lot of respect for Yair Rodriguez in this fight. For myself, I'm not gonna lie. Um, As far as his fighting ability goes, like really smooth striking not only that but he was game throughout the whole fight he didn't just weather away in like the last round last uh, seconds of the round or anything like that or in the last rounds of the fight for that matter um i i enjoyed it max holloway definitely um did win the fight i think but at the same point in time um you could tell that it wasn't just some easy in-between fight between whatever he's going to next and you know whatever he's doing right now yeah the fight itself was really good I think that Yari Rodriguez proved that no matter how long he'll take off, he's still going to be one of the the best featherweights in the world. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be a future champion or anything, but he proved it by going five rounds with Max, even winning some rounds against Max, that, hey, I can hang it here with the best. So I thought it was a good fight. Yari showed a lot of great things with his striking. He also showed that he's very crafty on the ground. And he's very crafty with his striking as well. I was very impressed with the fight, with Yarius' section of the fight. I was impressed with Max, too. 
because Max, you know, this was his first fight in a while as well. So I I was impressed. I gave Max a fight. I had scored it three rounds to two for him, but I could see how somebody would give him four rounds. It was, it was an entertaining fight, great fight. And, and it's kind of cool because last week, right? Last week we just had Gaethje Shaler. So, yep. Somebody yeah, saying so, on Twitter, like just really good fights back to back, you know? Yeah. So yeah. shouts out both gentlemen. Yeah, no, nah, definitely shout outs to both gentlemen. But nah, I, that that kind of goes back to what uh what we had spoke about like a few probably a few episodes back, where like the UFC now, especially since the pandemic, it seems like the level of competition within within each um within each fight for the most part has the level of competition has raised, risen itself. So ever since like ever since the pandemic, I would say like it seems like a lot more fights have been a lot more um, have been in, in competition for possibly a fight of the year performance, multiple fights this year. So in same fashion, Yair Riguez, I think he did a, a phenomenal job. He still, he kept going even within the fifth round where it seemed like, okay, the, I think probably about the second half of the fifth round was primarily on the ground. I think Max was controlling him for the most part, but, even after that, he was still able to hop back up and uh, just keep fighting. So it's, I don't know. I think I, I was impressed with Yair. I did have it. I did have him losing the the fight though, 4-1. Uh, okay. The second the second round was close, but to me, I felt like Max had did enough. The first round, the first round, I can, I, I'm not mad at having Yair with the first round at all because it it was a great performance. I mean, we all saw, we all knew what to expect coming into this with Max Holloway especially after seeing some of the, some of what some may consider some of like the most premier striking we've seen in a while, especially from someone like him as, as well. So it was a great fight. Um, I'm curious to see what comes next for both fighters, because like, like we both said, yeah, like we all said, Yair, um, he did a great job, just wasn't enough. I mean, it showed at least that he can go toe to toe and that he deserves to be in a, in that top five space. Now, if he can get himself to a championship, I mean, that that's only more to come over time. And as far as Max, I'm curious to see what comes with him next. Definitely knowing that he's he's lost, he's he's fought for the belt twice and he's lost. So he's lost in the, his last two fights for the belt. So uh, I know there was a jab that he did put out towards Conor McGregor, which um, which I think would be interesting, especially knowing that they have some prior history. So. Well, I think um, if he fought Conor McGregor next, that would actually make a little bit of sense. And I, I wouldn't necessarily be against him fighting Conor. I actually would have him in that fight. Um, but, you know, I, I think that right now, Volkanovski, if they really want him to fight Henry Cejudo, then I guess they can do that. Um, and they can have him fight Conor and actually give him some, you know, something to do and give him some money at that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I think if, if you have Max and Conor fight each other... I think that can end up being like a, um, for one, I think that'd be great for Connor because I can, because I honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised just from seeing the striking that Max is doing right now. If Max is, if the level of striking he's doing now is, if it ends up being superior to Connor, it's easily we can end up getting a trilogy, right? So I think for Connor, that works out perfectly. And as well as for Max, you go for the fight, you, you've gone for the belt twice. You haven't, you haven't been able to come back with the victory. And 
he I don't think Max has anything he has to prove to anybody at this point, especially with the accolades on his resume. So I think him fighting Connor would be good for him, even financially. So yeah, I I think Dana White said that he wants Max to go fight Volkanovski for a third time. Mm. And he just doesn't want he thinks that entertaining caller is quote unquote silly in his own words. I'm thinking that's he already has plans for Connor, whether it's for to gift him a, a title shot or get him another poor year fight. But uh I think that screams like, hey, we already already have a plan for Connor. But when he said Volkanovski, I thought that was interesting because I was like, if you think about it, there's nobody else that Max really needs to beat that's at the top of the division because he is the top of the division. I mean, he could oh, Max could continue to fight down, but at that point, it's just like, hey, what are we doing here? Like, I think that they both, Max has won more than one fight now. What's the point of him knocking off these potential contenders that could also get title shot in the future just to build it up? Plus, Volkanovski, outside of Henry Cejudo, right, if they even want to entertain that, like, he has no other legitimate contenders at the moment either. So, I don't, I'm not wrong. If the trilogy happens, I'm not entirely upset at it. Well, I mean, like, if, if the trilogy happens, like, it is what it is. But, like I said, like, they have options as to what they want to do. I'm not sure if they really want... I'm not sure what they exactly want to do with Connor. Maybe they see Connor being in these, like, one-off fights, like, taken away from, like, you know, essentially the athlete of Connor, how he might look in, like, the public eye. Because that fight would honestly mean nothing if he fought Max Holloway. Because he's not going to go down to fight at um, featherweight. And Max Holloway is not really going to stick around a lightweight. It's it's like a one-off fight for fun. So, and that's if Connor is going to stick around at lightweight for that matter at that point too. So, I mean, I think while it does make sense if they're trying to go one direction, it doesn't seem like they're trying to go in that direction. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, fair enough. What's your take? Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. I think that that makes some that makes some sense. Like, I mean, if they if they were to do it, it it would just be a one off in that case. And I mean, and and like even like Lau was saying before, like I'm quite sure Dana has some type of idea of what he wants to do with Connor. So if they were to do it, I think it would be a I think it would be an interesting fight from a fan perspective. But I mean, at this point, at this point, I, I think anybody fighting Connor is still a payday. And I think if Max would, if Max were to try to fight Connor, he would just be cashing in on like those, possibly some of those last few paydays that Connor may still have within him. So keeping up with the MMA news, which also made its rounds as well. Jorge Basvidal pulled out of his fight with Leon Edwards at UFC 269. Now there's a bunch of conspiracy theories out there on why he's done it. Oh, maybe he's doing it to coach the ultimate fighter against Kobe or he's ducking Leon because he knows it's not a fight that he could win, et cetera, et cetera. Me, I'm a little disappointed because I would like to see Leon and Jorge get that fight done. But now that Jorge has removed himself from the fight, what do you guys think is next for him? And what do you guys think is next for Leon? So there's a rumor going around that Jorge Masvidal pulled out of this fight so he can be in the um, ultimate fighter with Colby Covington. And recently they did announce that the next season of the ultimate fighter is, uh, you know, in production. So it's coming out soon. Um, I think it would be hilarious 
if that was the case, because that's really kind of him just like scumbagging his way out of a fight with Leon Edwards and then getting into money with uh, Colby Covington. So we'll see if that happens. But I mean, that's what it is. Like it, that would be a scumbag move. Like, you know what I mean? You have a fight set up in like a matter of a few weeks. You know what I mean? So I just think that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, that would be, but at the same <clears> time, <throat> I, I'm not surprised beyond behind it just because of um Kobe after after his loss to Kamaru Usman that was one of the first things he said was like hey let me fight Jorge Masvidal pull he even told Masvidal pull out of pull out of the fight if you want to pull out of the fight so we can fight in January or, or top of this top of next year which I mean I think in terms of like there being a story there yes there's a story but to pull out of the fight literally three weeks before <laughs> just because <laughs> yeah. it's like I, I mean we all know it has to be for like something per like it's, it's for a personal reason that's beneficial to him not for Money. yeah of course it and i mean the way i'll put it like this especially the way Kobe covington made it sound right where he said hey this guy hey dana this guy only has two or three fights left on his contract and then you you can get rid of him least at least let me get one of his last fights so i feel like someone like masvidal probably just said yo listen i'm gonna just try to take the biggest payday and go about my about my business but at the same time it doesn't help because it's you're also ducking like some good competition which doesn't which from a fan's perspective is just upsetting because i don't think he cares about that of course he doesn't if he cared trust me if he cared he would fight still uh, yeah, simply put, Spence. And honestly, he's just disappointed. Um, Jorge, he understand that his biggest thing is like, hey, I want to fight that puts me next a lot to the title. And I understand like, hey, I'm going to go towards what's the, the easiest route for the biggest paydays, but also finagle my way to in that title shot. But unfortunately for him, he would never sniff a title shot as long as Kamaru is with the champion, because one, he does a fight. Two, he got beat by uh, Kamaru twice, the second time being knocked out. And then three, three, you got other guys now. You got Leon Edwards, 10 fight unbeaten streak. You have Gilbert Burns, who just rebounded from a loss. He's looking to get another win. Then you have other guys upcoming, like Vicente Luque, Hobza. So, Jorge is not playing a, a great game right now. And yeah, don't get me wrong. He, his name might be bigger than those guys I just mentioned, but he's not winning. And when you're not winning, you're not going to get those big paychecks and big paydays. You're not Nate Diaz and you're definitely not Conor McGregor, you know? So honestly, the person who really loses in this case is uh, Leon Edwards because, you know, he's been waiting for the title shot and, this was the last fight he really needed to cement himself to be like the contender. But, you know, now he essentially either has to wait for the fight to be set up or, you know, see what they do at Hamzat. So it's going to be interesting to see that. But people were talking about Hamzat not deserving it because uh, they said he only fought one top 10 person, similar to um, Islam. You're right. You're right. If you think about it. Uh, so for the listeners who may not know, what Nigel's referencing is Habib, this past week, he basically called out Justin Gaethje saying, like, hey, you lost 
three fights out of your last what i don't know nine. eight fights right. nine i think and he got three out of nine three and he got yes. finished and like you know you got finished in a blah 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 Islam knife fight with streak on a row. So Gage rebounded back saying, like, hey, I'd be better competition. And then people came to Gaethje's defense saying, like, hey, you're right. You know, when you're fighting the best in the world, sometimes you will lose. He had a better path to the title. Da, 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 da. To me, if Gaethje gets the title shot, I won't be upset because there's nobody up there right now. But if Islam gets the title shot, I won't be upset because it's he beat nine people in a row. So I just look at it as it's whatever Dana White thinks is going to be more marketable to promote, in my opinion. It all depends on marketability, right? Where Dana figures out which one is going to make him the most, which can make him the most money. But at the same time, I I think just, I mean, money is always going to be at the root of it. And then then will probably come integrity in that case. And I, to me personally, I wouldn't be upset if Islam fought. But at the same time, I feel as though Gaethje has a good point, right? If I'm fighting stiffer competition, if the nine, like I always bring up the example, of course, I, I use boxing for this, is Canelo, right? When he fought Floyd Mayweather, he was 40-0 and 0 when he yeah. fought Floyd, May- Floyd Mayweather. And everybody said the biggest thing people were saying was like, oh, he's undefeated. He, he has a chance to, they're both fighting for to see who can take that O off each other's record, blah, blah, blah. But then once you realize, once Floyd got, once Canelo got in there with Floyd, it was a, a clear distinction between the talent level between the two. He literally outclassed him. And then it went on, you then eventually you went on to look at who he had fought. And it was like the pad, like you always say, 40 jobbers for the most part, right? <laughs> like 40 jobbers and maybe one or two, maybe 38 jobbers, and then two decent competition in comparison to someone like Gaethje we're seeing where it's like, I think the stats were like one out of the past three fights, one person was the title holder, another person became the interim title, and the other person lost for the belt. So it's like when you have those type of stats, I'd much rather see him fight for the belt just because we – we know what we're getting yeah. coming into that fight, especially after his performance with uh, with uh, Chandler. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not I'm not too upset about it. Uh, I I'm just hoping the one thing I just hope is that this whole the O on someone's record doesn't get over glorified, <clears throat> which I feel like Habib is trying to make, which I feel like Habib is trying to do in this situation. Yeah. My thing is this, right? Like I I don't feel like he should really be talking trash for about Gaethje for the sake of Islam. Like, I tapped you out, da-da-da-da-da. Like, and don't get me wrong, what he's saying is, like, it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not lying. Yeah. But it, but it's like, at the same point in time, I just find it to be funny for him to be talking the type of trash he's talking for the sake of Islam. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just don't feel like it's his place. It's weird. He, he's just trying, he's trying to influence. Some people think it's even Habib saying it. Some people think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, his, yep. Kobe no. Kosa Ali a la sleaze bag or some wow. shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. he, he actually does have some uh funny nicknames here and there. I can't lie. Yeah, Who, Kobe? He, yeah, Kobe. Yo, he people are starting to like him. He, because, even at defeat. <laughs> nah, man, because you want to know why? He he got away from some of the stuff that was like kind of controversial. Like on a low, like he's funny, but it's like, hey, like that controversial shit, you gotta chill with that. Yeah, I don't think that- 
I don't think he got away from him, though. I think that because right now the guy he's supporting in politics isn't on the front page news. So that's not something that he's going to do. I think what Kobe's doing is like old school pro wrestler thing. He's trying to keep it relevant to whatever is going on. So what's 2024 hits and Kobe's still a top contender at welterweight guaranteed. The red hat is coming right back out. That's right. Oh, yeah. you, you notice, you notice at UFC 268 all fight week, he was doing uh New York PD fire, New York fire <laughs> yeah. department. Like that's, that's what he's, he's doing. He's like adjusting to right. whatever the climate is. Yeah. Right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've no I noticed that also cuz the, the whole time he's like, yeah, I'm dedicating this to all those everybody that's out there fighting and saving the world whether you're a firefighter, police officer, so on and so forth. So yeah, like he I'll give him that. He makes the adjustment. He makes the proper adjustment cuz he his whole thing to me, I feel like he's trying to take on the moniker of like a Ric Flair type of character where it's like, "Hey, I'm Ric Flair, no matter what, he's always been able to he was timeless across generations." And it seems like that's what Kobe's trying to go for. And like you said, he may be good enough where he can, he'll probably stay, keep himself in that top five, in the top five as a top contender over the next, over the course of a couple of years. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. It, it. He needed the stick to actually get him to the dance. So my thing is uh, there's nothing wrong with being like, I'm here for people who support the country and da, 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 da. Like there's nothing wrong with it. The way he does it is just, you know why people are like you know it catches people's eye because it's like i support this unlike these people who don't care about a b and c you know what i mean yeah, yeah. true but you know but you know something at least one thing he won't have to worry about moving forward at least is that because from what i'm hearing is that youtube they were they're removing the dislike button Boo. So, that's, so that's one thing kobe won't have to worry about is the, the, the hills the people that hate him will never be able to dislike just like any YouTube video. That Whoa. is that is toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that is toilet. What was the point of it? Do you know? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I believe it, it has something to do with well, good law. I was gonna say, and my bad for interrupting, but I was gonna say it was supposed to stop dislike attacks. So here's an example. You know when the movie comes out somebody will go to, on a website where reviews like Rotten Tomatoes and they'll like review bomb it. Mm. Mm. So people might not even have watched the movie, but they'll go out and they just put negative comments just for the sake of negative comments because they don't like it. Kind of like what they did with that video game module, Last of Us 2, where yep. they, they never played the game, but because of, of things that what's already been put out on the internet, they go out and be like, well, we fucking hate this. So let's just write a bad review. Right. So that's so YouTube, they want to prevent that. So they're removing the number of dislikes happen because to help, it's kind of like a deterrent with, hey, if we remove the number of dislikes, maybe people will be more inclined to actually watch the video, see what it's about instead of just clicking dislike. And I feel like that sucks because it bails out literally bad videos. Like people making bad content or the video just it's just not a good video to show. Now you're bailing those people out. Like for example, these fucking companies that like to scheme and scam. Now you're bailing them out because nobody knows like if they're fucking shit, if people like this shit or not. 
But you know what's going to end up happening, right? They're going to end up removing the like numbers too, because people are going to stop liking this shit if yep. they don't fuck. Yeah, it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, your video got zero likes, so people don't really fuck with it like that. Yeah, and they're going to re- remove that. I mean, you see what they're doing with an Instagram now already, where they've are like the like button's still there, but the amount of likes is no longer you can't see it you can set it up in as a setting to remove the the likes so someone so i can a thousand people or a hundred people can like the picture or video no one to know it'll just say blank like and liked and others liked it and that's it so i mean it it's not far-fetched i mean i i think in this in the sense of the example that nigel used when it comes to like rotten tomatoes right where people automatically target. I, I, I said that. Oh. Damn, you're tired. <laughs> you're tired, bro. Hey, hey man, I'm just trying to stay in just good graces. It, it, you, you, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. All right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, like, so like I said, like, like Nigel was saying, right? Yeah. If, <laughs> if it's targeted, like, similar to Rotten Tomatoes, then we have to... Um, this this will help deter some of it and it kind of reminds i'm not sure if you've seen the movie or not but uh are the series on netflix called clickbait no but i know what you're talking about i I'll scroll past it yeah it's it i'll put it like this this kind of reminds me of some part some aspect of the show to some extent not too critical of it but it reminds me of some aspect of the show it's a but i will say this i just started watching it I definitely would suggest watching the show. I was hesitant for a while, for the longest. I think it's dumb. I mean, like, I, I just, I don't know. To me, when I see things like that, I feel like they're doing it essentially to take away from people leaving negative comments or, you know, seeing the negative side of it. But I feel like there's always going to be a way to see the negative side. So it's like, to me, it always feels like a slippery slope because it's like, okay, you take away dislikes. Then you take away likes, then you take away comments. And it's like, to me, I just feel like that's a shitty way to do things. But I mean, I guess we'll see as to how they do it. I mean, it's, my bad. Go ahead, Spence. Well, I was going to say, I mean, even it, no matter what happens, we'll all get used to it. The same happened with Netflix. Don't you remember with Amy Schumer when she put out that comedian, that stand up that did so horrible? People disliked it so much. Like yeah. They changed the way that that your recommendations came. Yeah, that you was know? shitty too. Yeah, she she said like they should get it because I remember when Netflix had like a star rating or some yeah. shit like that before they had the thumbs up or thumbs down shit. That was that. Yeah, you're right. I, it's just the whole sensitive shit, bro. This shit is just it's okay for somebody not to like your shit. Not to say there's a problem with people doing like review bombing and all that, but that's not. That's not society overall. It's just not. So I just think they should think of a better way to handle that instead of just removing the... It's stupid. It's just dumb. I mean, like, it it is definitely an issue, though, because, you know, you you do have things that come out and you have them review bombed, and it it always looks kind of weird when you see it if you're a viewer who really goes off of, like, Rotten Tomatoes and shit like that. So, I mean, like... I don't know. I, I do think that they should find a way to deal with it. They might even find a way to deal, way to deal with it before Squid Game Season 2 comes out, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, we got to figure out when that's even going to come out, though. That they So they have signed off on um, a Season 2, though, correct? Um, as far as I know, it's uh, 
in production and the I know the creator was talking about having to write it and whatnot. So I guess he must have a team mm-hmm. around him and they're gonna get it done. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see a season two. Well, because I just want to see what happens now. Yeah, same here. I think I'm curious to see what happens next, but also what where things go. Like in terms of the the show itself, because the show can go has multiple directions it can go, and we talked about some of them before. So, so what's your prediction? Um, somehow I wouldn't be surprised if he if the spoiler alert. In case anybody hasn't watched this show, anything after this, what he said. Um, Nah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the main character becomes like the front man, like if he finds his way working within the system and becoming the front man at by the end of it or something like that. Like, to me, I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be something to that aspect, or somehow he'll be involved, but he'll be involved in at the same time, they'll be running the game maybe in some other other part of the world or something. Here's my, I have a question for y'all. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. What, go ahead. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Oh, well, my question is this, right? Like, do you think, <clears throat> do you think they're wrong for having a competition for everybody who stayed past like round two? Because I mean, like at the end of the day, like they chose to come back to the competition. Do you, so do you think they're wrong necessarily for, for doing that i mean of course you know they're having people die there so it's wrong but like do you think I, they're wrong i think both parties are wrong the competition itself is very inhumane you're you're basically hey instead of why do people have to die you know what i'm saying it it could be a competition outside of that it, i mean hey we'll we'll have you guys compete in these games if you lose they're cool blah blah you're eliminated but instead, they have them die, like life and death. And I feel like that is inhumane. So, yeah, they're wrong for that. But the people who are joining that competition, knowing this is life and death, they're wrong, too. Because, like, you did it. Like, you guys already know what the fuck is going on. Nobody prevented you. You decide to come along. So, they're both wrong, the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's more... I don't know. I, I think I do agree the game is inhumane, but at the same time, like it's that whole thing of like they knew what they were signing. The second time around, they volunteer. It was more of a volunteer basis, right? Where it's like, right. hey, I'm. I, I to me, I don't think anybody was wrong in the at the end of it. Be, outside of like the game being wrong itself, yes, but outside of that, once. Once you have that, once the person is making their own decision to come back, especially in this game, right, where when you look at the characters, these characters essentially living living without trying to go for the money is a prat- practically a death sentence in its own right, right? So, like, I'm not I'm not upset at them for going back because it's and their men, their mentality probably was, hey, I'm dead on I'm dead out here as much as I am playing the game if I lose, so. I mean, when you the beauty of free will, quote unquote, is you get to make a choice, and they made the choice. So, luckily, this is all fictional. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody's on an island killing yeah. hundreds of people at a time. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Exactly, man. Exactly, man. Exactly. But I know there was some other uh, movies <clears throat> and stuff that came out. I know y'all. I didn't watch it, but I know y'all were talking about it. Um, it was like Eternals or something like that. Yeah, man. You, you know? gotta get. Yeah. You gotta peep the science, man. Like, you don't know about it. I ain't do yeah. knowledge. Yeah, you man, you 
not only you got to peep the science, but you got to peep the math and you mm. got to peep the astrology, man. Because mm. you right now you probably you're like a caveman. You know what I mean? Like we got to get you up to up to speed. You know, because yeah. you're you're really behind. You know what I'm saying? And it's all right because you know how you say like you're the measuring stick of the culture. Well, yeah. you're you're talking to the living about embodiment of knowledge. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> all that's a crazy nickname. <laughs> that's a crazy nickname. <laughs> yeah, he heard he definitely heard that on the past episode. So yo, I yeah. got something for <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> Full embodiment of the yeah. living embodiment of knowledge. <laughs> Fuck tribal living chief. <laughs> that, that's it. Yo. What movie was that? It was a book of Eli. That's the type of shit you remind me of, yo. <clears throat> nah. If you've seen the movie Eternals, uh, they deal with these like celestial beings, literally called the Celestials, and um, they deal with the living embodiments of different things. So like knowledge, um, like or what? Oh. What's some other ones, Lyle? Well, go ahead. My bad. No, I was just saying. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, man, these things are basically all knowing, all seeing. Blah blah blah. They create galaxies through the palm of their hands. They're <laughs> what? They could they could summon you out of thought. <laughs> you know, like they they're they're very strong. And the movie is not only about the celestials; it's about these the these things that they create to to interfere in life to be simple called the Eternals. So the movie is about these group of people. They're actually Eternals and they're actually brought into the world and they kind of shape humanity and they kind of birth all the concepts that we know of. And, and they birth all the concepts that we know of through like conflict. So all the religions that you know of, well, that was from the, Etern- the Eternals, the way that people act and react with one another, that's from the Eternals. Technology as a whole, Eternals. Materials, Eternals, blah, 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 blah. And it's just kind of crazy because I was telling Nigel, I was like, yo, the movie doesn't have a whole lot of action to it, but I thought the storytelling was was good enough. And I was like, it carried the movie. But I was like, yo, this movie, what if this shit is real? Where like, not necessarily the superhero aspect of everything, but the fact that there's these all-knowing beings so beyond our comprehension that's shaping our fucking reality before we know it. I know this shit sounds conspiracy theory, alien, area 69 <laughs> or 41, well, that's, whatever. Right. But, that's what I was about to get to. <laughs> but if but it's if you watch the movie, you would be like, yo, this shit is not far-fetched because hey, we don't know anything. We don't even know what's all in our galaxy. We don't. We don't even know what's all in the water. Yeah, you're right about that. There you go. I mean, God knows in space. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like, watching this, once again, I'm not saying that, hey, this is accurate to the T because it is from Marvel Comics. But I'm like, we don't know what the fuck is out there. What if there is some all-knowing racist that influence mankind in some shape throughout history? But we'll never know. But I think this movie is fantastic. I think it's, it's a lot of world building. I know Spence, you'll never see it, so I'm not, never going to waste my breath to say check it out. But well, listeners, listen to your tribal chief. 
listeners um well spoiler spoiler alert real quick you know spoiler well i figured the spoilers already came yeah i guess you're right yeah (laughs) but to to describe how strong this guy is the celestial um essentially they cross him and they the celestial waits for a point in time he reappears like in space essentially like galactus um summons this girl up to outer space and then says, hey, you know, you crossed me. Now you have to face judgment and disappears into a black hole. What? In, a, in an instant. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, is this a that's cartoon? No, this is a movie that just came out. No, it's what, not a cartoon, oh, but it's live action. Yeah. Where, where is this movie at? On Disney Plus? Well, not yet. It's actually only in theaters right now. Yeah. Okay. But it, it will come to Disney Plus pretty soon then. At some point, yeah. Yeah. This honestly, this sounds like to me, this sounds like the conspiracy theory that that the aliens <clears throat> built the pyramids type of thing. Well, look, right. So what Lyle was saying isn't so far off from what theories of some people have. Like there are theories that there are, um, I guess you would say, alien races that are just on another plane of thought. And they're essentially waiting for us to get there to communicate with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but that, yeah, it's, it's that. And then there's also like the thing of like that. There's also another belief system that like the, well, a theory that the aliens once came here, they, the technology is so far advanced that they just picked up and left and society is just kind of like repeating, repeating in a cycle to some extent. Yeah. I, I, I read something the other day and this would be my last take on the movie because we're going to move on but i read something the other day where like there was some some point in history where mankind had advanced technology but a a conflict happened where it was like a civil war amongst humans where it just wiped out all of our technology and brought us back to like the stone age and we're now we're we're at we're, we're at this point and i just think it's it's just interesting what what people think of and when you see this movie well i know you will never watch it but <laughs> i might watch it i might but, not. But when, yeah well you're not gonna watch yeah. this movie. I, I might watch it though matter of <laughs> fact yo matter of fact if it's yo nigel uh spence, yeah. c- spence comes down whenever he comes down we'll we'll we gotta go see the movie all right just yeah. like just like how we see ted it we gotta go see it i'm down all right. Spence, Spence looks like he's sweating right now. He's like, damn, I don't nah, want to do that. Nah, because yeah. I, flash, I have flashbacks when we went to see Wolverine. That's why. Bro. Oh, that's a story. for. Should we tell that story Wolverine. real quick? Nah, let's, let's tell it for another day. Wolverine. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I, no, I see, no, I see the movie, but I don't remember seeing it with you guys. You remember what happened after the movie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So it was with well, both well, these okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll bring. Well, that'd be a story for another time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Nigel, do you have any final final thoughts before going into the next topic? No, nah, I don't have anything else to say about it. You know what I mean? Shouts out to Disney for putting that out, or Marvel, or whoever. You know, I guess wants to stand behind that movie. I enjoyed it. I think if you like sci-fi shit, this movie is actually going to be really cool for you. If you're not into that type of thing, I could see it probably being boring, but to me, I find that to be interesting. I probably like it then. I love sci-fi. So. Mm. 
So. <laughs> Bro, you gotta stop. <laughs> you, you, never, you never talk about those sci fi Ever. <laughs> I grew up watching sci fi channels. We get it. <laughs> avid, avid lover, man. Avid you, lover. Did you grow up on um, watching The Rock? A, a little bit of SmackDown, a little bit of Jabronis. You know what I'm saying? And I remember when he transitioned into the, uh, the mummy. Okay. So, you know, he put out a movie recently, right? I seen something about that um, on like, I forget one, whatever streaming platform it was. Um, I do remember seeing something about that. I, I didn't know what it was. I wasn't sure if it was a show or whatever it was, but it's Ray Notice, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix. And it's actually, well, since yesterday of this recording, it was number one in the world on Netflix because it came out wow. on on the Friday. So I seen the movie. I don't know if you got well, Spence. I know you didn't see it, but uh, <laughs> did you see it? Go finish your thought. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> not not just did you see the movie? I'm going to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so I won't say anything. Just in case you you know for Spence. He won't, he won't watch it. <laughs> I love but, The Rock. I love sci-fi. Mm, best of okay. both worlds. Mm. Well, anyway, the movie Red Notice, <laughs> it, it's, you know, if you see Bar Rock movie, you probably see a good portion of it. It's not a bad movie. I, I I had a good time watching it. I thought some parts were funny. Some parts, to me, were over the top. It definitely will be a, a, a nominated for any awards. But if you're looking for a fun time, a time just to relax and maybe laugh at some moments, yeah, Red Notice is a cool movie. It, it, it's a good time. I'm not bad at the movie. So my my question is this, right? Like, do you think what what type of role do you want to see The Rock in next? You know what I mean? Do you do you enjoy the sort of run that he's on? As long as he's keep on making these nice action movies, are you are you content? I'm not mad at it. He's staying in his lane. He's being he's making fun action movies. Sometimes yeah. he makes family movies. I know he's supposed to be playing Black Adam, which is going to be another action movie. So I'm not mad at it. If if I had to ask, I mean, if I had to choose what I would like for The Rock to do, <clears throat> I would like to see him in like a a serious movie, with like maybe like a mobster type of movie where he plays the antagonist, maybe. You know, switch it up and not not action, no action. Make it more about your acting. Now, I think for The Rock, though, he's he's going to keep taking these type of movies because these are the movies that's paid him twenty, thirty million dollars. That's true. Movie. You're right. So about he, that. so why is he going to stop? I mean, like I, I actually, you know, don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool. I think he's like our generation's like action hero. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the way we think about like Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh. You know Sylvester Stallone and all that, and the multiple movies they ran. Like yeah. I think we could think about The Rock being in like ten action movies, even though they're all like similar in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter because right. he's just all over the place. Yeah. Nah, that's nah, that's definitely a fact. That's definitely a fact. I'll I'll definitely have to make sure I check it out though. Big fan of The Rock. Mm. Big fan <laughs> of The Rock. Speak oh, actually. Line, man. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> I saw all that line. I'm a I'm a. Um, count the episodes until you watch it. And make sure that you actually do it too. Yeah, listen, cool. man, you, you don't have to go through all that. Uh, okay, that, right? oh, that's that's crazy. Okay, uh, I'm just I'm, <laughs> to me, I'm just saying you don't have to go through all that. I don't want to put anybody through that trouble. But I mean, to I... each his own, bro. Like, yeah. I, did y'all see? Um, 
Like, I know this wasn't something that we had, but uh, did y'all see 50 Cent I posted where you're supposed to be in um, Expendables 4? Yeah, I seen it. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. If, if for anybody, have you guys seen any of the Expendable movies? I've seen clips of it. So, if for for people who love to crap over the Rocks movies, which me personally, I don't think they're that bad. Expendables is worse. We're talking about explosions, random action explosions. That's I. I just don't think the, I actually don't know what the hell's going on in Expendables. The only thing I do know is they have every action star from the fucking 90s in the movies. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen they're, any of the movies. They're not. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the first one. It had like Stone Cold in it. And I had, I've seen the one with Wesley Snipes. I don't know if that's the second or third one. But whatever one that had Wesley Snipes, I was just like, all right. Nah, the one. I know there's one they have with Sylvester Stallone in it also. He, uh, I, th- I think he's like in all of them. Uh, yeah, I'll, it might, that might be the case. Cause all I know when I seen whatever video was of it, I was just like, I think I was watching a workout video of him getting ready for the, the movie. And I was just like, yo, Slod, you're like 72. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> you're like 70. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, listen. Rocky, Rocky is old. Yes. Yes, he, it's like 72. He's like 60-something, 70-something at this point. But, hey, listen, man, some, someone's got someone's to do it, right? But you know who else is old and still making mm-hmm. movies, though? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is old. Oh, man, he's going to croak over any day. Yeah, and shout out to him, <laughs> legend. But, man, he is old. Old. He is old. Oh, he's old. Yep. Definitely like oh just made a movie this year. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I think he directs like, all his movies at this point too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's still doing it. I'm like, yo, you gotta I worry about oh. you, man. <laughs> you gotta chill out. Oh. Hey man, listen, man, we'll say the same about Robert De Niro one day, probably. Yeah, one day. That's fair enough. Yeah. You, I mean, you yeah, you're right, Spence. I'll give you that. You think we're gonna say say the same thing about Kanye West? It depends, man. It depends. Like, I mean. It depends. I, will Kanye even become old? That's the question. Because the way he was talking in that Drink Champs uh, interview, definitely on the part two, like it seems like he's doubling down on the um, on that whole thing. I don't know. To me, when I was watching it, I I liked what it was going on. What was going on, especially um, when they brought Larry Hoover Jr. on there and he was speaking about the situation, and I thought that was cool to actually hear more of his thoughts, like other than just the part that he had on the album. Um, I, I thought it was cool to, I, I actually, I liked a lot of what Kanye West was saying, you know what I mean? Like it made a lot of sense, you know, like obviously, um, you know, Kanye is going to be Kanye, but at the same point in time, like if you listen to majority of what he's saying and get, see that as to what he's getting at, you would, uh, I feel like you would understand at least where he's coming from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know people are going to still paint him as the crazy guy who needs to be in a white jacket in a bouncy house somewhere, but he is saying a lot of solid stuff. And I think the guy is so eccentric that that at, at times it distracts people from what he's really saying, but he's not saying anything stupid. You don't have to agree with what he's saying, but it's all from like a, a it's all from a real perspective. And I think at a, I think of it of just like, Hey, like, he's not the only person that's thinking like this. 
in our world, let alone in our country. So I just think that Kanye, the guy is a lot smarter than what the media and his detractors try to portray him as. And the only thing about the interview that I wasn't cool with, I felt like they kept, he kept cutting off Larry Hoover Jr. And I wanted to hear <laughs> what Larry Hoover had to say. I did. I feel like Larry Hoover would get like two or three sets out and Kanye intervened and went left field. And I'm kind of like, hey, man, let, let him finish out what he his thoughts. Like, Because I guarantee you, after this interview is done, I'm not saying Larry Hoover won't get another interview. I'm pretty sure DJ Vlad will grab him or maybe Breakfast oh, yeah. Club. But he isn't going to get the mainstream attention Kanye is getting. So, like, at that moment of time, I would like to hear what this guy has to say because he's probably going to be saying some important things and some interesting stuff. But, hey, man, I guess that's what happens when you're around Kanye. Yeah, I mean, I did notice that that also as well as um, when they were discussing the how they were building the lawyers, the, the lawyer team. And Kanye was just like, yeah, we, so we didn't like the one lawyer. So we just got another one. And then Larry Hoover Jr. had to come in and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We expanded the team. The lawyer that the initial lawyer, we had some differences. So we expanded the team. He's still, he's still, on, he's still one of the lawyers. Let's not let's not get it confused. So, like, I, I definitely see, um, you definitely could see where at moments, even watching the whole thing, where it's like, okay, I, I'd rather hear what Larry Hoover Jr. has to say because there, there are moments where it's like, this isn't really perceived on the outside looking in. This isn't your place to say anything at this moment, yay. Because definitely when you know what, what this is all surrounded, what this all circle is circling around of getting someone out of prison, you got to be very careful with your words. And like you said, someone that's very centric, that's very uh, off the cuff, you you can't predict what Kanye's going to say. You can't tell Kanye. Kanye's, he's too powerful to just tell him to be quiet, right? So like- Yeah, absolutely. So like, I, and even like we saw that even in the show where um, Nori was finding ways of segueing into like, like, careful topics topics safe topics right kind of was like very radical and like oh you know they're gonna kill me after after this so like i mean there there were moments um i thought it was a great interview nonetheless um i wish larry hoover jr would, would, would have been able to speak more but i think i i do think this will probably start the beginning of his of his tour essentially of Oh, if you want to find out any more information, you might have. They may end up having them on the Breakfast Club. Vlad, like you said, say cheese. Right. Even so, I mean, I think ho hopefully it has more of a positive outcome than negative at the end of the day. Uh, but when it comes to Kanye, nonetheless, I mean, Kanye's Kanye. So I enjoyed watching it. I think there were um, certain parts where, on the surface level, you can tell how people would just write him off as crazy because it's. It, you at a surface level watching it, you're just like, this dude is just rambling and he makes no sense. Or he, I get what he's trying to say, but he sounds like a lunatic. Or he's just, or you just realize Kanye just doesn't have the proper wording for whatever he's thinking. So I think it was a great interview. Um, I think he was able to kind of piggyback on some of the points he had in the initial, in the first part. So. It was great. Um, hopefully we get to see more from Larry Hoover Jr. as well, though. Definitely. 
No, nah, I mean, the way I see it is, like, I thought it was all cool, like, you know, to see them all together and talking and whatnot, especially to see um, Kanye West say some of the stuff he was saying. You know, I I um, I think it's interesting to see him speak on the prison system the way he is, because I feel like, you know, it is something that does need to be improved. But at the same point in time, I feel like because of who Kanye West is, I feel like that people are going to take what he's saying. They already look at him as crazy. The unfortunate thing about the problem with the prison system is, is that a lot of people don't care because not everybody is affected by it. And not only that, people look at prisoners like they're lesser than and not as people. So yeah. I feel like while it is, it can be a more serious issue, a lot of people don't care until they're actually affected by it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That, that's yeah, man. There's no nothing else to say on top of that. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Absolutely true, man. Like, I mean, I, I say it like this, like, I think the more that you have, the more that these type of conversations are being had, though, I think, especially when you have someone like a Kanye West or any type of prominent figure, quote unquote, I think it it raises more awareness, luckily. Fortunately, it raised more awareness. I'm quite sure there's more people that are willing to invest their, so invest their time their energy into this into the whole thing with Larry Hoover now. Like I'm not sure if y'all saw, but and this is just in terms of Kanye's impact. Um I'm not sure if you saw like I guess a couple weeks ago or about a week ago, I guess Kanye West was spotted wearing like some mask or whatever, but it was like a human face type of mask. Well apparently there were like a cult I guess you can say like a cult following he had. Or his followers. I, saw that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they all and it, it was like a group of Kanye West fans that all dressed up the in the same either it was a, a gap, the gap jack Yeezy gap jacket or a Balenciaga jacket with that same mask on. So just showing like someone having that type of and people wanting to mimic someone like that just just cause I'm quite sure Kanye putting himself right next to this, putting himself right next to Larry Hoover Jr. is probably gonna um will probably have a hopefully a similar impact, I'll say, where his fans will want to actually follow more into this as some to some capacity. I think it's interesting to see all all of it go down. But I mean, like it's interesting because I know some people are kind of trendy in the way they follow Kanye. And it's like I understand like while like he's you know iconic in his own ways, like I'm curious to see how much they will be willing to go as far as his efforts in you know getting Hitler Hoover out of jail. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, know something? I think this will help, right? Because you know how Drake, how him and Drake are supposed to perform on the seventh, right? Right. What he should do, he should because of all that has happened, all that has transpired between them two, especially through interviews, through tweets. I think he should have Soldier Boy open up for him. Jesus, no. <laughs> he should have Soldier Boy open up for him and him and Drake when they do their show on the seventh. He could uh squash their beef at the same time because you know Soldier Boy wasn't so happy about getting left off of Donda. Nah, no, 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 nah. He wasn't happy about that at all. I mean, Soldier <laughs> Soldier Boy was not feeling that at all, especially when we watched um in his interview on the Breakfast Club. I watched some of it. Um, I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to check it out either. But yeah, Soldier Boy having a Soldier Boy moment, showing off his new game system that he has. Um, uh, 
something about uh, Atari. Then he kind of goes off on Kanye West, telling him uh, in terms of like being left off the record and how Kanye should have put him on the song, so on and so forth. But it was very entertaining. Did you guys get get a chance to catch any of the Soldier Boy stuff? I mean, yeah, I caught some of it, but to me, it was just like I wasn't really entertained by it because I just felt like, hey, we've seen this before. You know, are you coming out with new music? No. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that's that's my take on the Soldier Boy thing. But shouts out to Big Gucci Soldier. To nah, me, I don't. I'm not mad at that. I don't really even think about Soldier Boy as like a musical artist in that way anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know he's definitely had success and whatever, but at the same point in time, like, I think we know him more for his antics than than his music. You know what I mean? Like, have y'all listened to the last Soldier Boy mixtape or album? No, but just just move away from music then. Move your move away from being a rapper. Then. I think that's I think that's where he I think that's where he's able to pivot from. I think that's I think that's the only reason why he brings himself to music. Because I granted Soldier Boy does other stuff, quote unquote, allegedly from what he says. But at the same time, I think most people don't I think more often than not, people attach what soldier boy does based off what he does musically because or they attach his music career somehow to his any success he has because i think when he had um i think when he anytime he's ever tweeted out he's got like million dollar deals and 400 million dollars here people have always said come on yo we know you don't have that type of money you're not getting that we nobody believes him to have that type of money. And then in, in these interviews, it sounds like it. So, I mean, I'm not upset with the soldier boy that we got. I think to me, it's, it's a, a, to me, I look for it yearly. He's been doing this ever since like back then. And I mean, to me, I think the, the greatest era of soldier boy will always be the red beanie. Oh, so. Jesus. No, the, that was definitely classic soldier boy. That was a, uh, Right after the Chris Brown beef, right? Or was it in the middle yeah. of the Chris Brown beef? That was during. That was during the Chris Brown beef. He he was out. He and when he had that the red beanie on, I think he was dissing. So he was dissing Chris Brown. He was in count. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I, to me, like I think all of this is it's kind of funny. I don't know. Like when soldier boy does this shit, it's just entertaining. Like like you said, yearly by yearly, like you know, Migos, blah blah blah. His shit with Kanye West right now, the gaming system, which he says he owns, and somebody's trying to buy it off him for some odd amount of money. Like he says, he's a partner with Atari. Shouts out to him, man. I I don't believe that, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't either. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. I think it's all entertaining, though. I it's think- fun. It's funny, but I I my patience has run out to watch like the hour long videos about. Like I think it's funny for Instagram stuff, you know, he hops on live and people post the clips of the live or him posting a video is that stuff is funny. And I could get behind it, especially when he's like really angry about stuff, <laughs> but watching an hour long, an hour and a half long interview of him just going on and on. It's kind of like, all right, man. so. No, I, I can understand that. Yeah. I can so, definitely understand. Go ahead. Well, my thing is this, right? Like if soldier boy were to, be the opener on Playboy Cardi's, uh, you know, tour. Would you go and see him, or would you just kind of leave it alone? Because uh, apparently, people are mad at Rico Nasty, so uh, they're talking to Playboy Cardi, trying to see if uh, he could do something about his opener situation. 
So mm-hmm. why why exactly are the fans upset with Rico Nasty? Well, to answer Nigel's question, I would not go. Soldier Boy. <laughs> I didn't even know we had an answer. I thought that was. I, oh, I know the answer. I thought the answer was yes for you, so I didn't really think the question is too much. Nah, nah, come on, man. Oh, okay, come on, man. He's in the, He's I mean, in that group hey. with, so, with Lil B, man. I can I can understand why you assume that though, Nigel, because you know Spence, he got 150 shooters in Atlanta. See, just like yeah, just <laughs> come on, man. I do not play basketball. <laughs> I do not play basketball. So why but, are these people upset? Uh, I mean, I. What do you mean by people? I guess the people who are upset with Rico Nasty. I don't know why they're. Maybe they're incels. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> what? Oh my God. They, they just threw they threw a bottle of stage, a bottle at her on stage. And she didn't like it, and rightfully so. And she came down and confronted whoever did it. And I just see that people are, are like, oh, Playboy Cry need to speak up. It's his show. And he needs to control his fans. I'm like, you know, this I see this new trend of happening of people are recounting on artists to control these people on the shows like no i think like, it's kind of i think it's kind of ridiculous because like i saw um some person was in front of travis scott's house and they're like hey you got eight people killed i'm like yo you guys gotta relax man like it, think about the situation and what's going on <laughs> not only that especially for rico nasty if people were throwing bottles at her like a lot of people say she shouldn't jump in the crowd and blah 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 and you know understandably so but you got to understand somebody threw a bottle at her. So she reacted, you know what I mean? So it, I feel like it kind of is what it is. You know, I, I just think that people blaming the artist for these situations is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, what does Playboy Cardi have to do with that one standalone person or group of people that's attacking? Like, that's like, and I'm going to put it related to this. Remember when The Matrix first came out and it was so revolutionary, everybody was fucking with it. Oh my God, this changed movies. Bullet time, blah, blah, blah. Well, do you guys remember some incident where a guy dressed up in a black trench coat? Columbine. And he pulled... Oh, that was that incident? Yeah, I think so. If I'm not mistaken, it was Columbine when all that was going on. And he was influenced by The Matrix? Yeah. Okay, That's what they were well, saying. They, they said he was influenced by a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Well, I put it like this. That's not their fault. That's not Keanu Reeves' fault. That's not Lawrence Fishburne's fault. Like, hey, this is the entertainment. Like, we're coming out with a movie. We're trying to tell a story. Da, da, da. Kind of like Playboy Cardi. Hey, my music is for you to have a good time at my shows for whatever space that you like to go into. My, you know, I'm not telling you to throw bottles of shit on stage to the people that's opening up for my show, let alone don't to any artists. So I feel like you can't pin that to him. I don't think Travis Scott was advocating for people to get killed and, and ran over on his show either because of his music. So like, I feel like people have to slow down with it. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Travis, I think like they did, he did the right thing but like apologizing to it for his actions, but at the same time, I don't. I look at it as kind of like, hey, you know, what do you expect these artists to do? They're, people are not going to listen if they don't want to listen. 
And I just feel like it's going to come to a point where somebody is going to come in and they're going to regulate how shows work now. And that's that's going to fuck up concerts. I mean, I, I would hope not. But at, at the same point in time, like, us, that's what I think about, too. And it's it only takes about one person to do some dumb shit. And then we all have to essentially suffer from it. You know what I mean? It doesn't take but one or two bad incidents for something to change forever. No, nah, that's true. Yeah, That's true. That's very true. I mean, I, I think I, I do agree where an artist like Playboy probably shouldn't be penalized for the for whatever happened while Rico Nasty was on stage. Just because even if, even if let's say he had con- that much control over his fans, at the end of the day, he's behind stage getting himself. He may not even be at the venue yet, or he may have just gotten to the venue. So like, it's not up to him to, he has no control over the fans. And then on top of it, we have to keep in mind that Rico Nasty, the type of music she makes, and I'm not saying it's her fault, but what I'm saying is that she, the type of music she makes, she makes like punk rock type of music. And it's like a rap punk rock type of style. So we have to keep that in mind also where maybe this interaction could have happened just from based off her set, whether it could have been someone not liking the music, whatever the case may be. But I, you shouldn't penalize. I agree. You shouldn't penalize the artist for something that the fan does when they have no say, they have no saying. And now if I are like, even like the Travis Scott situation, we saw there's, even after that, the whole thing happened, we're seeing clips now with that, where you're seeing Travis Scott is stopping the show so that someone can come, that so medical attention can come to to certain uh, fans that were passing out or possibly some of the fans that could have been possibly dying at, during those times, during that time. So, yeah, so I think it's, um I think it's one of those things where there's nothing that we can really like trip off of in terms of the artists, so. I don't know if you guys have had a had a chance to or not, but lately, and, and granted, we've all had shared our opinions about DJ Academics before, right? Right. But I'm not sure if y'all yes, have noticed sir. this, but DJ Academics, <laughs> <laughs> this guy DJ Academics has been going hard at Freddie Gibbs over the past, like for the past year, but recently in the past like couple of weeks, I've seen where he's going on his on his Twitch and it's like, yo, Freddie, pretty much trying to say he's not. Freddie Gibbs isn't the rapper he portrays himself to be by saying, yo, your dad's a cop. You grew up in a two-parent household. The people around you were getting in trouble. You got people around you hurt, and then you had to stop being in the streets and all this stuff. And Freddie Gibbs is responding back to it. Have you guys had a chance to catch any of this stuff? Because this this might be one of the most hilarious rapper media personality beefs we've seen in a while. I caught a few tweets going through Twitter. The way I look at it, it's like, okay, you know, I thought these guys were over that shit, but apparently not. Um, I probably like this. I like Freddie Gibbs music, so I'm going to listen to his music continuing. When I listen to Freddie Gibbs, I don't, I don't think of him like as some other rappers were kind of like, oh, this thing is like, ooh, he, this guy, he's really super street, super good. Super. I just think like, oh man, he makes fantastic music. But uh, and DJ Academics, you know, I really don't agree with a lot how he, I, how he carries himself. 
but I'm not mad at what he does because it's what it's his livelihood and he made a space mm-hmm. for it. He's actually influenced other people to do the same as well. Like for example, shouts out to him, but so what's his name? Soldier the Games Twitter. Oh man, yeah, the yeah. Games man, yeah. you don't know about him. I, I'm sure you don't, but I mean, like, he's this dude on YouTube and he's a uh, always spitting game, man. Like, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta listen to what he's saying. Yeah, I have to check he, it out. He, he's talking about all the street stuff, all the rap stuff, music industry stuff. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but uh, so I'm I'm not bad at academics for that. The thing I disagree with Freddie Gibbs about it, like when he was trolling academics, like saying, like, you know, he's going to smack him because he's all fat and all that. That's cool, whatever, like joking <laughs> on him. But when he was like, oh, I could have pulled up on you, smoked you and da, da, da. And I'm kind of like, yo, man, this one, I didn't realize that deep, that the beef was that deep. And <laughs> <Yeah>. two, <laughs> nah, two, and two, in my opinion, you don't get, you don't get, G points on smoking a guy like academics, like academics is not some ultra tough four-star general street dude. You know what I mean? He's a guy who's a social media persona, you know, who happens to be a a popular persona and he's, and and he's worked with some other people that, that has access to talk to some artists and all that. He's not like this guy where, he's choreographing and, and coordinating what's going on in the streets. Like, so you saying coming out saying that I'm kind of like, yo, relax, bro. It's not that deep. So I think the beef is just, it's taking a, a weird turn in my opinion. Now he's telling people at the shows, make sure you scream at academics. Ah, and I'm just like, all right, man, it was funny at first, but now it's kind of like, yo, you, you mustn't really d- despise this dude. It's something at at this point. It's something for to to go through all of that. Plus, on top of it, like I mean, when you look at academics, right? It's kind of, to me. It reminds me of like um like Jim Jones when he made a sh- when he dissed Jay Z. He was like, "Yo, if Jay Z doesn't respond, I don't. I have nothing to lose. If he if he responds to it, I have everything to gain from it." And I think in the same fashion, where it's like. When Freddie Gibbs, when Freddie Gibbs is doing this, he doesn't have it, he doesn't have anything to lose from it, right? But at the same time, it's the question becomes, what are you trying to gain from it? Because academics does it, like you said, isn't something you get brownie points from. And academics at this point, we've seen it where him and Meek Mill have created a truce with one another, where he eventually it's I'm not sure if he has or not, but like he's he's going as far as saying, like, yo, let me just fight, fight you then. Like he's called out rappers before at this point, just just because of that. And I mean, either things get handled or I don't know how that whole situation gets handled after that. But I mean, it, to me, I don't think there's any brownie point. You don't get any cool points for this at this point. Like it, you just got to let it go. I mean, like, I feel like they might as well just fight. That's why that's the way I see it. Like, why don't they have like a celebrity boxing match at this point and just get it over with? Like it's. To me, I just feel like it's it is promotion for Freddie Gibbs, I guess, for DJ Academics to be talking about him. But it's like at the same point in time, like 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 y'all said, like I don't really care about anything that they said or even him telling people on stage to cheer against him or anything like that. But when you're talking about you know smoking him or whatever, I just find that to be it's like you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? That's not necessary. So like 
to me, that's where I think it's it's kind of odd for them to be talking about each other. Yeah, and Freddie was like, hey, man, I want to punch <laughs> him out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't know you guys hate each other that much, but punching him out, you know, all right, it's a man-to-man thing. But you, when you talk about you want to shoot the dude and you want to chop him down to size and make him into bacon, then I'm like, well, okay. Like, I didn't realize it was that serious, and that's kind of crazy. Like, But see, the, I, and I think the thing that's interesting to me, though, is that, like, because because when you have something like that where you have someone like Freddie Gibbs, like you saying, being that invested in academics for whatever reason, and you see where academics, like when I believe he came out and said like what his belief as to where this all comes from, he's just like, yo, when other people were pretty much you in his mind, he feels that Freddie Gibbs is just, he found an easy target of someone to pick with compared to it being someone that's like you said, like, you don't get any points for it being academics, but at the same time, you know, everybody knows who academics is versus if he was to do this to like someone like a Yo Gotti, a Yo Gotti, a Gucci man. Oh, right. oh yeah. Now you, if, if that's how you want to do it, you'll be heralded this at that point, it makes sense. But when it's uh, academics is like, Hey, we know what you're doing this for. And I think, academics also understands that okay this guy's coming at me for the attention which hey you might sell an album that might help but in the long run i mean i hate to say it he'll probably need academics before academics needs him just because he had because he has his finger on the on on media so much i mean i, I, I don't think i don't think freddie needs academics but uh but academics doesn't need a freddie neither so I just think that academics is doing Freddie a solid by mentioning him because his his fan base is a bunch of young sticking to ass kids, and they would be like, "Well, who's this Freddie Gibbs guy at academics?" Bumping? And maybe some of them would be enlightened and be like, "Wow, this guy makes good music," or some of them would be like, "Oh, this is old head shit." Who knows? But either way, they're gonna check him out to see what the fuss is about. But I don't think neither of them really need each other. Well, I'm not saying, well, yeah, I don't think they need each other, but I'm saying, what I'm saying is in the long term of just both of them, based on academics being who he is with the media and Freddie Gibbs being just a, I hate to say in this case, just a rapper at this point. At some point, the guy that controls the media, who's to me, academics doesn't look like he's taken a step off or he's fell off by any means. Right. I can see him becoming a bigger power, a bigger power player within the media game down the line at some point. So what I'm saying is someone like okay. Freddie Gibbs, you just got to be mindful of the bridges that you burn, never knowing, never knowing who these people may become. Like someone like academics is never far fresh that he could become the cover of something at some point. Who knows? But I mean, I mean if, if it's, I put like, if you don't like somebody, you should stand on your 10 toes about it. Right. The only thing I disagree with is you don't need to kill the dude or announce that you were planning to kill the dude. That's just a little extreme. But if you don't like the dude and you're like, hey, I I would smack him or like, hey, I just think this guy is toxic to me. That's fair. That's that's okay. Right. But I I mean I I, I mean for Freddie, 
if academics becomes the face of revolt tv or the face of complex if he ever returns to that then I, if i was freddie like i still don't fucking like you and i don't care but you know i don't i, I don't i don't know maybe i'm not seeing it from your perspective well, I, I think outside of that, they both have their own lanes that they kind of sit in. You know what I mean? So no matter what, I think they'll always kind of be separate to a certain degree. It seems like the only time we really talk about them like crossing paths is when they get into these random fights on Twitter and social media and whatnot. So like, I just take it as like when they do events, when they do get into these like little spats or whatever, it's just them getting into these things and whatever it means at the time is what it means at the time. The first time it was because I think he mentioned him. This time, I'm not even sure how it started. You know what I mean? I just know that they're going back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I, I just look at it. It's just like, hey, these two don't like each other. Probably shouldn't put them in the same room for each other, right. with each other. That's it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Did you guys uh, have a chance to see where they have announced that Bone Thugs and Harmony will be going against 3-6 Mafia in a versus? Yeah, I did, actually. I'm pretty excited what, about it. What, what date is that? Oh, you're, uh, you're watching that one. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I, I'll I have to check see, it out. I want to see the washing that 3-6 Mafia is going to do. I thought you were going to say you want to see the Juice Man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll see the Juice Man. I mean, he kind of carries that group on his back, but... Oh, December 2nd. Oh, there really? You go. That's when the washing commences. So we'll have yeah. Bone Thugs and um, 3-6 on the 2nd and Drake and Kanye on the 7th. Hmm. That should be interesting. It's going to be a crazy week. Who Who do you guys choose between um, Bone Thugs and 3-6? Three, 3-6, three, of course. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. Of course, you know, people... I. I Bone Thugs have earned the respect, you know, that they have. But at the same point in time, I feel like 3-6 Mafia is just 3-6 Mafia. They've been around for a long time. And if we're talking about Deucey J and, like, considering his stuff solo, then I think, you know, he'll be all right. Yeah. I would, for me, I would go with 3-6 as well. Just pretty much very similar. Similar opinions. Um, They've been around for, they've been around much longer in terms of as a group. Uh, and as well, they have they have the achievements, and as and even looking through the past over the past ten years, especially today, you can see where their influence is just that much more. I feel like within in the music game, so one hundred percent, man. I was just gonna say that there so many influences, so many production samples. You know, they they've probably written for some rap, rappers in the past. So I'm just saying, like they've. They're overall the more accomplished group with hits, themes, whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, both of Harmony, they had some they had some good songs, you know, Meet You at the Crossroads, First of the Month, Duckish Ruckish Bone, you know, Iconic Buddha, joints. Buddha Lovers. It's not three six mafias, they're gonna win. Yeah, definitely when we're talking 20 songs. Yeah. And you're talking about three six mafia, like they Outside of like, you know, the stay fly era of three six, they had stuff before that and not even sipping on scissor either. Like, you know what I mean? Like they had stuff before that. So yeah. it's like I I think the span of time that they've been able to put out hits is longer. And I think also some of the hits were bigger. You know what I mean? Now if you're talking about like the biggest of big, 
Bone Thug hits, and I guess that's debatable, but you know. But I mean, the biggest of big Bone Thug hits will only probably last for like what five songs, maybe yeah. seven if you really want to stretch it. And I mean, if you're a diehard Bone Thugs fan, you're gonna know every fucking song. But if you're talking about to the casual audience, like I said, it's about five five solid songs that everybody should know from them. I'll give you an extra two, but we're talking about 20, man. And three, six mafia, you know, and when I notice uh, these versus battles, they don't only have to play their music, which is already a lot. They could play the music that they had a hand in. So, mm. and now, that, and that's massively a lot. I don't know if both dogs already had a, a lot of hand in music like they did. Nah, nah, and even even and you can't. You also have to keep in mind that they get to use samples. So like, See? like if definitely when you're looking at someone like Three Six and where we have samples from, uh, ranging from someone like a Drake to ASAP to um, it, just Meg that whole the Stallion, Meg the Meg the Stallion. I think Migos at some point. Migos, but Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did both dogs already have a Katy Perry? <laughs> so it, it's a wash. <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna uh, handedly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a wash, man. I just, you know, I, I'm not gonna say that they're gonna win twenty zero, but it's it won't even be a contest. It'll, it to me, it'll be more like Soldier Boy and. Uh, Bow wow. Or Bow Wow, where like, hey, people, we know these Soldier Boy songs, but Bow Wow overall is just going to win. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, that's what it's like. Like, I don't even think it's a contest for real, but I understand where some people who are not as musically inclined, they're going to think that both looks have a chance. So, like, were you about to say something, Spence? No. So, for me, right, I, I know that, uh, a song that came out that kind of had a different take on something that came out a long time ago, being a smooth criminal, uh, Polo G kind of came out with that single. And, uh, I know we all listened to it. I kind of listened to it a little bit, not the full song. And, uh, I think it was all that bad. I was surprised. I, you know, don't really like a lot of Polo G's music if I'm being honest, but that song, I think it was actually kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. Hmm. All right. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Spence, because I know you, you're about to rave about it. Nah, not rave about it. I mean, I think to me, I think it was a good song. Um, <laughs> nah, I, I'm serious. I think it was a good song. Um, Polo G, I, I think definitely when it comes to like renditions of songs, this might be a better one that's been done, especially from a rapper. Uh, just because, I mean, I just like we had spoke about this uh, off camera. Um, Heck, like you look at someone, it's hard to reenact some something that's Michael Jackson related. And you look at the so weekend he, when he when he did thirty. Did you say it was a good re-edition of Smooth Critical? Like this is no. I, this is a good remake of the song. Are I you think just saying no, I'm or, saying are you just saying no. like for him, this is a solid song? It's a good rendition of the song based on when when I compare it to what is what people typically do. When I was trying to finish the statement I had, come when on. Pe- <laughs> when people, <laughs> bro, so you're telling me, so so you're telling me, so you wouldn't, so you would disagree with what I'm trying to say. Where if you, you were have, like, what, if you're disagreeing with this point that I'm trying to say, 
that what's people it, the, that people have made renditions of Michael Jackson music and it does okay. not sound good because okay. they they don't musically they cannot sound as good as Michael Jackson. Give me so, give me example. Give me example. Dirty Diana, of, Dirty Diana, Dirty Diana by the Weekend. So That's you're telling. So you're comparing one of the biggest artists in the world who's nine for 10 because you just said that Dirty Diana was a good, right? That's what you're implying. You, you're saying Polo G Smooth Criminal lives up to Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. I never said that. No. Okay. You never said it, but that's, I, but that's you're how trying it comes to off. No, that's how it comes off. How does it come off across? How does it come across like that? Because you, you're cutting me off before I can get my thought out. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But what I'm saying is this. You just you just said, you just said, compared to other artists that try to do stuff, this was, you know, this is actually good. If you were like, yo, this is just a good polo G song, this is solid. It's- I thought the I thought the sample was dope, because you know that's what people <laughs> Because that's what people say majority of the time. You took it to another level saying like, yo, he did Michael Jackson justice. He's, no, he's going to come said back that. from the grave. Bro, I never said that. I, be I, on the I literally just said. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, man. Listen, man. If you think if you think Polo if you think Polo G and Michael Jackson sound that much equivalent, you got it, man. If that's what you think, I'm trying to say, you got it. <laughs> oh man! So did y'all hear the uh, first song out for Rick Ross's new album, where he's uh, dressed like Queen Elizabeth, according to a lot of Twitter? Yeah. Oh, that's what they're calling it now. Yeah, they're saying I I heard somebody say uh, he better be rapping like Queen Elizabeth, where he. You know, I had his hands up like this. <laughs> now he's peeking. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I didn't. I didn't hear that one. Um, because I, I before the it was the running gimmick was he's pretty much what AKAs look like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially when they coming out. Um, but no, nah, I mean I think I, I like the song. I think it was a good raw song to me. It sounds just like any other raw song I've heard over the past ten years. Uh, his in a good way or same, bad way? In a good way. Okay. It to me it sounds like it's the same quality. It doesn't sound like he's missed a step or anything like that. So I mean it has me anticipating the project. Hopefully it's I'm hoping that I get more black dollar from this, if anything, but I I highly doubt that. It was solid, yeah. I haven't listened to it yet, so I actually don't know. Okay. I'm not gonna well, lie. I, I actually don't really listen to Rick Ross's stuff like a lot of people do. Mm, that's actually interesting because yeah. I thought you, your favorite album by him was Hood Billionaire. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Hey man, you should check it out. I was I would suggest checking it out. Um, Ross, to me, I, I'm a fan of some most Ross projects. Um, so I would definitely check it out. More than likely, I would. I'm I'm hoping that he's on the on the album, which more than likely is um, Drake. Just because I know they do pretty, they do really great. To me, I think they do great music together. As well as um, I'm, I'm still keeping my fingers crossed that that joint project comes out at some point between the two of them. What do you but, think it's gonna be called? I, I don't even know. That's gonna be a, that's a hard one because I, I feel like the subject matter is the it, the subject matter is gonna be a certain type, certain level. Lemon so. pepper in Toronto. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
wake stop at 6 a.m jesus man <laughs> it's definitely gonna have some type of time in it you already know that yeah <laughs> Shouts out to Drake. Shouts out to Ross. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, yeah. I'll I'll listen to uh, Rick Ross's shit for sure. And take care. Why not? Yeah, I mean, um, well, heck, at once this episode comes out, it's already passed. But uh, Monday on the fifteenth, take care. Drake's out. Drake's second studio album will turn ten years old. It'll be his ten year anniversary, man. Hey man, that's that's a clue bomb drop moment. Nah, it definitely is, man. <laughs> That's outside. <laughs> that, that. <laughs> we say it. That's a clue bomb. We safe them. Man. <laughs> I don't even have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> no shelter, no nothing, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to work on that one. <laughs> it's like, drop a clue <laughs> Sound like it fizzled out. Nothing happened. It's like it's like when you watch a movie and it's like they're trying to disconnect the bomb, and they just make it right before it it goes off, but they just connect the bomb. It's like we we're good. That was yeah. That's what Nigel just did, man. Yeah, man. So I mean, well, you got you already beat me to it. Go for it. Do we have anything else for the listeners? Uh, for the take care anniversary, I do want to say like, you know, I personally think it's Drake's best album out of all his albums. I could see why somebody else would say something different and that's okay. Um, I'm not going to fight you over that because I don't give a shit, but for Drake, that was, (laughs) (laughs) but for Drake, that was, that's what set him over the moon. That album did it, you know, shouts out to the weekend, but that that will set him over the moon and good for him. And uh, that's all I have to say about the take care 10 year anniversary. Shouts out to the legend. Shouts out to LeBron. Nigel doesn't like that. <laughs> no, I, I, I thought Spencer had something to say. I was waiting for him. Uh, nah, I, the shout outs to LeBron part just threw me off. You know? <laughs> I mean, he's the LeBron of the rap game. He, he's, the, he's the best today, but he has a lot of haters. Nah, that's true. That is yeah. very true. Look, he, he, do you agree with that, Nigel? He's the best. <laughs> you're Sorry. laughing. You're, you're laughing, but do you believe in your heart he's the best today? Do I believe that Drake's the best today? I believe that a lot of people believe he is. No, it, that's do I think so question. personally? In your heart, I think he's the most successful rapper today. Yeah. No, answer the question. Do you believe in your heart that he's the best today? No. <laughs> okay. No, no, I don't. Yo, it's like, but, I, I, but I know why a lot of hard? people. I know why a lot of people expect him to be as such. I get it. All right. So, who's your best? Who's your best? And, and, I, and I know it won't be nothing crazy like Lil B. So, no, no, no. I think I don't know, man. That's tough. Like, I would like to say Kendrick, but he hasn't dropped in a bit. But I know once he drops, it's going to be a big deal and the album's going to be great. So, like, to me, it's, to me, I think Kendrick has been very, his track record is very hard to keep up with. You know what I mean? He might have three classics. You know what I mean? Like, just straight back to back. So, like. Okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. A lot of people say, a lot of people thought Kevin Durant was number one in the world until he lost to Giannis. And then the East Finals. <laughs> so, 
I ain't mad at it. Who's the rap game, Giannis? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. I'm not mad at him being Kevin Durant either. Who? Uh, Kendrick? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That. That's. We would have to deep dive. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good question. Yeah, who's the rap game, y'all? Oh Jesus! All right, yeah. So, so, oh, I mean, some people will probably say like Little Baby or Little Dirt. I can see mm-hmm. Little Dirt being the rap game, you honest. So over who, Baby? I was gonna say, I would. I put Little Baby over Dirt. Yeah. Yeah, little, you, ba- would, little baby, little baby is like little babies at a different level. I think the the success Dirk is having now is just starting to take off like this year. So, so he's you rap game John Morant. No, you, John. I mean, shots out of job, but John, he's not. We're not look. He's not winning a championship anytime soon. That's it fair. looks like it looks like little Dirk. He's in a run it with something good. So you could say, you know, hey, maybe. I don't know what I don't know what players to compare him to, but you could say he's having a standout year so far. You know, maybe you could say he's like uh the Paul George back, like when Paul George had finally went off when he was on the Pacers, man. Maybe you could say he's like Paul George, yeah, when he's when he's going off, or you could say, Most oh, improved. he's maybe he's like Lonzo Ball. He's finally playing well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It, well, do you guys got anything else, like, anything to say before we get up out of here? Nah, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> hey, I just want to say thank you, listeners, for listening to us nonstop. Make sure you do follow us at the Highly Advised Podcast on Instagram. Follow us at Advice Highly on Twitter. And please, please, please subscribe to us at our YouTube, the Highly Advised Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Comment, 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 and share our stuff. Tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your pops, tell your abuelas. You know, just let everybody know. Follow the Holly Advice podcast. Fuck with us. Um, you know, make sure you follow me, Big Cozy, Too Cozy, aka the Living Embodiment of Knowledge. And make sure <laughs> he practiced that, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and child- a shout out to my colleagues, aka the co-host, aka you know the Stooges, Spence, and I, I'm just joking, guys. Go ahead. They, they, we're kind of like the elite. Yeah, we are kind of like the elite. Um, yeah. I who, who's who's the the Japanese dude? Spence. Wow. It's, it's Spence. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know who I am know. though. I don't even know what the I don't even know what the elite are. Uh, one day, we, matter of fact, we might show you when you yeah. come, come down. They had a, yeah. a good match on, but we'll we'll get to that. I guess at another time. But yeah, um, you yeah. can follow me at Relax and no G underscore Jackson. Um, you know, of course, we always have a good time doing this. Spence. Yeah, follow me at the Holly Advise Podcast on Instagram. Advise Holly on Twitter. If you want to see me, if you want to see my face, go check it check it out on Instagram on YouTube. Which is called the Holly Advice Podcast. So no personal. Nah, no personal. No personal. Right. The, the only personal is the personal. And the personal is the Holly Advice Podcast. Mm. That's the only, only if you want to see, come and see the Holly Advice Podcast. Listeners, we will see you <laughs> next week. <laughs> You've been highly advised. You've been highly advised. Rusty shot over.
Yo, what's going on, listeners? So, a late edition before we um, finished recording, we saw that Donda, the deluxe edition, was released. And apparently, there are six new songs added or just different mixes and vocals on the album. Guys, what do you make of this? Uh, Shouts out to Life of the Party. Uh, I'm just happy that we finally can possess the song and listen to it. Yeah, and I, I can tell by that you that means you're more, uh, that just shows you, I, that pretty much reinforces that we're all here for Andre 3000 on this song. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Kanye, Kanye has definitely changed his verse. Um, the verse that he, because the initial verse that he had was dissing Drake and talking about Kid Cudi and on GD and all of this stuff. This time it's different subject matter, so that's different. Um, I, but all in all, I'm not upset. Um, I can't complain. I mean, granted, I mean, it was already like a two hour album. So, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to trip with having us where, where we get to have a few more songs from Kanye West one. And then on top of it, I haven't had a chance to listen to the song yet, but keep my spirit alive. Part two is featuring Westside gun Conway and Casey. So I'm, I'm always going to be a fan of that to listen to anything that's a West Side Gun song, anything that boom, has West, boom, boom, boom. Grisel, anything Griselda related. So you already know. So that um, up the ashes, of course. And yeah, so I mean, I, I can't trip. I think I'm excited. I'm excited to listen to the these next five songs. I think it. I think this is probably a good move, especially with him and Drake allegedly doing uh, a show in this in the next couple of weeks or so. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to listen to the songs. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's cool that it came out. I got something to listen to at work on the way to work tomorrow. So shouts out to Kanye. Facts. 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 Yeah, we got to have a conversation one day about this whole thing with Kanye having a school. Because I when, I when he was talking about the whole school, and granted, I know we need to get out of here. But when he was talking about the whole thing with his school, right, it really made me think about, like, I wonder if Dr. Umar is watching this interview and what his reaction would be. Hey, man, they're both trying to get their schools up at the same time, but I'm sure that Kanye West is going to have a little bit more success. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see them interact with one another. Yes. That would be oh, very, very internet-breaking, at least for yeah. the Black community. Yeah, no, that <laughs> would, would definitely be interesting. It definitely would. It definitely would. So, yeah, listeners, um, we just came back. We saw that, and that was a last-minute thing. Um, you've been highly advised, or I'm sorry, you guys have anything else to say to the listeners? Uh, mm-hmm. tell, listen to the Kanye album. Tell us what your thoughts are on this, on these additional six songs, as well as the updated song with uh, him and Tyler, the creator. And, yeah, that's all I got. You've been highly advised. We will see you next week. You've been highly advised. Shh, 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 shh.